0: Sheep give birth to sheep, an evangelistic axiom that plays out here in John chapter 4. Join us. It's a common truth. You go to a third world country and minister to the kids, and the next thing you know, the entire family is saved. Well, the truth can be found here in John chapter four. You minister to one outcast woman in Samaria and the rest of the town starts believing in Jesus, not simply because of her, but also because of Jesus himself. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. We're looking at John chapter four and the witnessing that takes place in order to produce worshipers. Here's Pastor Phil Howard now with all the details.
1: You know, I think of us naming our buildings. Family Life Center, Worship Center. I guess that was the best we could do. It's, it's really ridiculous. This is not a worship center. As Soon as all you folks leave, there will be no worship in this place. Empty buildings don't worship. Yeah, you getting it? Look at me. <laughs> this is not. a The worship center is Christ and my heart. And because some of you are here today and you've never worshipped. But you're in the place we call worship center. Because location doesn't make you worship. Just because you're in the pew, and I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just talking to what church folks are. That's why I told Ezekiel, when you prophesy, don't look at their faces. Most pastors have to learn to find a target out there that doesn't depress. So I keep looking at the exit. What everybody wants to do, run out. No, no, no. I don't know how many worship today, but I don't know how you sing just as I am and get into one stanza of it and your eyes not stand in water. It's moving. And he says to this woman, forget location. And two, you guys are all wet, you Samaritans. Worship? You, you've been making your own religion. He could have been very ecumenical and said, "Well, we're all worshiping the same God, Allah. Uh, crystals, hug a redwood tree. Uh, you know, we're all God's little children, and we're all... God. No, 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 uh, baloney! Bunch of religious garbage." Just because you guys have been meeting up Mount Gerizim and sacrificing animals and going through your religious routine, it doesn't lead to God. The only way to God is come through the Jew, and you don't know it but the Jewish Messiah is standing in front of you. You'll never know God except through him. We've got the monopoly on it. You don't have to be a Jew by racial birth, but you must come to a Jewish Messiah. He's not white or black or brown. Who cares what color Messiah is? He came through the seed of Abraham. You've got to put your faith in him. I am he standing before you. Then he goes on to say, you worship, but you don't know. Isn't that most false worship? Worship, a lot of going on, but you don't even know. The hour is coming when you will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. I'm going to pick up worship next week. I can't say everything that needs to be said. But Philippians 3.3 says three things mark a Christian. They worship in the spirit, it says. They glory in Christ, and they put no confidence in the flesh. Those are the three marks right there. They worship in the spirit. They glory in Christ, and they put no confidence in the flesh. That's the true circumcision of God, Philippians three three. Now let's talk a little bit about it here worship. What is worship? Worship used to in the Old Testament included so many externals: a priesthood, a tabernacle, a temple. A animal sacrifice, all of this. And they used the word proskuneo, to bow down to. That word just evaporates when you get to the epistles because it doesn't talk about forms for the church, that you have to have this man, you have to have candles, you have to genuflect, uh, you have to have stained glass windows, nothing about ambiance in all the New Testament, nothing about the kind of building, nothing, none of that is said. You got to have a steeple. You got to have a cross on your building. None of that happens because the New Testament church started in homes. They just wherever they met. But the Old Testament required a priesthood, a temple. He says, "No, no, no. This coming day boy, you won't do that. The worship will take place in two realms, spirit, not Holy Spirit, small s, and truth." What he's saying the Spirit is in the inner man, the realm of my heart, the internal life, not external, and in the realm of truth, and it's basically truths about God's greatness, God's goodness. And he uh, said, "That's where worship will take place. Now, let's ask ourselves today, did you worship? And what is scary is you can do all the externals and not worship. You can preach and not worship. You can pray and not worship. You teach a Sunday school class and not worship. You can sing and not worship. You can be in the choir and not worship. Uh, You can be all over this church doing different things. And at the end of the day, if someone asks you, did you worship? The only way you can answer that was your inner man connected with God in adoration, adoring him for some truth, some aspect of his character, of his activity towards you, redemption, salvation. He's great. He's majestic. Uh, Worship is the honor, acknowledging of God that we want to honor him and adore him. And the closest thing to worship And please excuse me, we need lovers to write worship songs because worship winds up being loving God. And it gets mushy and it gets intimate and it gets gooey for you cerebral types who think all God is is knowledge. Knowledge. This is what happened in the Great Awakening. When Jonathan Edwards wrote Religious Affections, The East Coast was full of brilliant men, many of them Reformed churches, many of them Calvinists from Europe that were a starchy, correct, right, and all that mattered was doctrine and right, right, right. Well, what happened in the awakening on the East Coast with the preaching of George Whitefield? and the preaching of the likes of Edwards and the sinners in the hands of an angry God. People would swoon in meetings. People would begin to scream in meetings. They thought hell was opening up. Edwards described it so graphically. And and there was, uh, men would bust out weeping. And so they had such men as Chauncey who wrote a rebuttal that the great awakening was nothing but so much emotional rubbish. Jonathan Edwards picked up the pen for his own church, was caught up in the revival. He was caught up with George Whitefield. And he said, no, 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 no. What God is doing on the East Coast, we've had excesses, we have swooning, we've got different emotional extremes. But what we've discovered is a God that is adored and loved is not just a correct answer. He moves the affections such that you love him, so you feel joy, you've got peace, you feel exhilaration toward him, you feel like you're going to burst, you feel like you're in his presence, it's better than booze, it's better than sex, it's better than anything this world can offer. He is the highest high. He is the greatest drink. And your body feels like it's going to burst. And so we start seeing even in Christianity. Here I grew up in Pentecost where I craved a lot of truth that I never heard. But believe me, we were free emotionally. Then I go over here to all these Baptist schools who had a lot more truth than the people I was running with. They touched on a lot of other things. And so I went over here for truth. And then I come out. And I don't run with either group. And all of a sudden, guys in seminary say, you are the only guy that wept during the lecture. Rich Rollins always said that. He said, we all thought you were weird at seminary. (laughs) He did. He said, you were the weirdest student we had. And I said, why? He said, because when Dr. Schaefer would start describing the attributes... And start describing he elected me from the foundation of the world, I'd weep. I couldn't believe he would choose me. I came home to my daddy. I said, Dad, you've got to hear something that we never heard. I've never heard it, and I hope it doesn't offend you. And he said, What is it, son? i never forget. He sat there. My old mama sat there. My sister Hazel sat there. And the other three had married off. So it was just the four of us. I said, I heard today, Dad, the teacher say that before God made the Milky Way, before the foundation of the world, he decided he was going to save a bunch of Howards. And he did it before the foundation of the world. I said, Dad, what do you think about that? Because I thought he's going to be offended. We don't buy that election stuff. i never forget him right here. He bowed his head and uh, my daddy would get happy, he'd do something like this. Trying to shake it off, kind of. So he's just trying. He, he, and I said, what is it? He, he, he just do his hand, I can't talk. I thought, what's he shaking off? And then he, then he finally said, it's too wonderful for me to take in, son. I can't describe it. I'm waiting for an argument. He said, Could we just bask in it a little bit? And my little mother over here, just a farm girl, knows nothing about theology. She can't even spell theology. She's, her tears are running down her. My sister's are here weeping. There's no theologians at the table, just a bunch of worshipers. You chose us. You wanted us before time. You mean you said. You were going to go by South 15th and cutting in 1958 and save a punk kid. Yeah, I put you in my agenda. That was no accident that Tuesday night on South 15th when I saved you. I planned that from before the foundation of the world. Do you think you could worship a God like that? Do you think you could get emotional about it? And I begin to find out truth doesn't dry you up. Truth. Makes you have some reason to be emotional about. So, one crowd they're whipping up emotions sometimes. We got to get you to jump. Don't jump for me. Don't do anything for me. I'll tell you what I learned in preaching. I don't care what you do. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to love him. I'm going to adore him. If you want to join, you got every right to. You see, I used to always try to have to get the people and everything. And I finally asked my dad, I said, how can I get them? uh, They're not doing much. He said, you're not doing much. I said, what? He said, wait, you pray for it to happen to you and we'll join you. And so I quit working on the congregation. I said, God set me on fire. Does truth burn in me? You know, I see a lot of people, a lot of you, the only reason you serve God is it's a duty. You showed up today because it's a duty. We've ruined Christianity by making it a a duty. It's like I have to kiss my wife twice a day because it's a law in California. You got to do it. You just hope she's brushed her teeth just before the kiss. No, 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 no. Kissing my wife is not a duty. It's a privilege. It's a delight. We nearly forgot how, but we still do it once in a while. (laughs) You see, and we've turned God into duty. And we don't think that you can have truth with burning emotions. Emotions where you're wiping your eyes and you want to raise your hands. That's why I can't understand you folks that have always been frozen. I don't know what's going on in your spirit. I can't judge that. You don't have to do this as loud as me or clap as loud as me. What's going on in your heart, in your spirit? What's going on? And that's why people get nervous here because, oh, we're too emotive. We're not emotive enough. As long as you've got truth for the basis of your emotion, your Bible, your worshiping. Truth. We don't have emotion without truth. That's just emotionalism and whipped up, right? And we don't have truth that is just dead right. I win all arguments and I'm as dry as a bird nest says, what does truth burn in you? Where did you lose the romance in knowing Jesus? I thought he was a redeemer and a lover. You've turned him into a theological equation. I knew him just as good when I knew a lot less. My problem is I know far more than I'm experiencing. I want to worship. Some Sundays I come here, I have to preach whether I worship or not. And I get to the sermon, and I still keep you late. And you go home and say, well, he really wasn't on it today, was he? And the next week, you might say, man, he was a little carried away about something. I wonder what it was. <laughs> just, just let him have a conniption over him And when he gets over here, But we'll just lead him out the side. He's beside himself. They said Paul was beside himself. They said Jesus was beside himself. I want to be beside myself. I want to be caught up with the wonder of our God. You shall worship. So let me tell you this. We used to sing a little song. Two songs about the water. The waters that Jesus gave me, they're sweeter than I can tell. They flow from the rock of ages and they were not in the well. Paul and I used to hear old brother Boatler sing that. And then we used to sing a little song. It goes this way. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. If Jesus goes with me, can you imagine where all the churches meeting today in the world? In China, underground. Our Sudanese Christians are being killed by Muslims, and they're in hiding. The church in uh, uh, Iraq is in hiding. We used to have an Iraqi brother moved to Marin, Michael, and all of his family's hiding over there for their life because they're killing them left and right. Met some Assembly of God pastors. The the pastors are being killed, being killed. So the people are hiding, they're trembling. But you know what? On Sunday they meet to worship. They're in basements. They can't sing. You see, when it's Jesus, your spirit and truth, you don't need a choir, you don't need a band. I have to say, sometimes the greatest worship I have all week is in my basement during the week. I pray as loud as I want as long as I want. I want to tell you, sometimes I think heaven comes down in that place. I've prayed through more storms down in that basement. I've had more worship experiences as many as I've ever had in a gathered meeting, Because when a heart is hungry and thirsting for God. And your spirit's engaged, and Jesus is your new temple, which means he's the new meeting place between heaven and earth. And the spirit says, he's crying, Abba, Abba, and I, nothing satisfies your heart but Jesus once you meet him. You know why so many go back? They've never, never got a drink from the right well. He who drinks of me will never thirst again. I close, sometimes worship comes in three stages. The ultimate is you're basking. You, just, you feel like you're scanning heaven and you're hilarious. It's up there, great crescendo-type meetings. That's wonderful. Other times, a second kind of stage, a little bit lower. There's times uh, you're haunted by the memory of his presence. And all you've got is a taste but taste that says, I hunger to experience more of what I've experienced for I feel dry and lean. I feel like that deer trying to find the water brook and I have to say I'm in a dry spell. Sometimes, are at the lowest rung, you feel barren. You might even be bitter at God and you feel you're a thousand miles away but that hunger bud taste just keeps welling up. Oh, I've tasted. I've seen. And it's the thing that keeps you from backsliding so far. is You, you say, I, I want him. I'm dry. I'm, I'm not clicking like I want. I've I missed prayer. I've missed the word, whatever. But when you met him, you know what the water tastes like. He said, I'm thirsting in my soul to get in his presence. And what Jesus says, I'll go by Samaria, I'll look up a fallen woman, I'll offer her the water of eternal life, and I'll tell her, I want to turn you into a worshiper, and I'm not trying to get her to Jerusalem, I'm trying to get the inner man with truth, with truth to go heavenward. We, we have stuff going around today. I close. We call it worship battles. It's really the music battles. Did you know any music we sang today didn't make you worship? You sang words, but it didn't mean you worship. That's inner man. Just as I am, I can't get through it without being broken. But it doesn't mean you did. Right? Well, we need more rhythm. We need, the, you, we need this kind of music. That it doesn't matter what kind of music it is. This is the music God wants. Is is your inner man connected? Is your heart connected? I'm sorry I can't finish it today. I'll pick it up. We're going to sing Amazing Grace. Let me pray that God would revive us as a church. Father, we've got so much to learn about worship. Who are we to teach anybody? All I could say is I've tasted. I've basked in your presence before. I want truth. I want godly emotions. I want the joy of the Holy Spirit. I want the love of God. I want zeal for your name. I want adoration for you, Father, and for your blessed Son. Who could not worship a God that would give up his Son for his enemies? Father? You're indescribable and overwhelmingly kind. Let us not make serving you a duty. Let it be the delight of our life to say that we don't boast that we're rich, that we're strong, or that we're wise. But Jeremiah says, let him who boasts boast in this that he knows me. We boast that through Calvary we know you.
0: Edison. Pastor Phil Howard here today on Truth For Today as we continue our survey of the book of John. As we close out our time together today, we're mindful of the fact that these broadcasts encourage you in Christ, and we would love to hear specifically how that's going about. Would you take a moment and let us know? You can reach us a couple of ways, either by phone at 855 or you can swing by our website, valleybible.org, and drop us an email. Now, while you're at valleybible.org, also shop around. Take a look at some of the resource materials we have available for you. Also, you'll be able to glean a bit more information about Valley Bible Church, who we are, what we believe, also worship opportunities and the like. We've got our service times, our location, and directions all found, again, at valleybible.org. Now, as we close out our time together today, we do have a special gift that we would love to pass on to you for a gift of any amount here in the month of August. It's called the Romance of Redemption. It's a marvelous look at the Book of Ruth. Here to tell us a bit more about it, once again, our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard.
1: It's an illustration of the Redeemer that will come out of her to David called Jesus Christ. He came for us poor sinners, only Jesus appeal to the lepers. Only Jesus appealed to the fallen, to children, because you see our God is more than Mount Sinai. He is the stubborn lover of all history, and all of us would have already perished had he not got romantically involved with sinners. It's not just courtroom. It's also courting us, courting us at the cross, for the love of God was displayed there, And I hear Paul, 2 Corinthians 5, for the love of God beseeches you and beseeches me to make Christ known. What a love story. Oh, what a love story. And we see this marvelously portrayed in Ruth that she comes to rest under the everlasting arms of God.
0: The Romance of Redemption. Again, it is yours for a gift of any amount here in the month of August. It's our way of saying thank you for sponsoring and supporting Truth For Today here on KFAX. We are a listener-supported ministry, which means we depend upon you, our listeners, to help out financially. And as you become a TFT sustainer on a regular basis, again, no gift is too small or too large, We'll say thank you by also adding in our quarterly newsletter. We have a a once-a-year special gift that we pass out to our sustainers. Also, access to our weekly video devotional with Pastor Phil. It's called Take a Break. And again, all of this is available when you sign up to become a TFT sustainer. Find out more at our website, valleybible.org, or call 855-833-9864. And by the way, don't forget to follow us on Facebook. You'll find us at Truth for Today, and we'll keep you posted as to the events and things going on here at Truth for Today. Thank you for joining us here today on Truth for Today. Until next time, God bless.